All right. Hello and welcome to the Padres Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sip Pop writer Frank. Hello. Frank, we did it. We got it to work. Yes, excited. Sweet. Uh, Am I using my right microphone? <laughs> Frank, uh, you might know him as Frank from Twitter. You might know him as Sip Pop Frank. You might know him as Frank from the future. What any of the million pseudonyms he writes for on the each week. I know him as Frank from Xbox. But we write for SipPop.com, writing in movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, two coming attractions. we got The Tomorrow War and The Forever Purge coming up. Um, these are both coming out on, on July 2nd, this Friday. And then we'll and we'll talk about the, uh, the stiff topic this week, which is the Fast and Furious movies in honor of Fast Nine's release. Um, so in honor of that, this is the closest, like, fifth Wednesday. Um, so we pick a franchise that has a lot of stuff we can talk about. Um, when we're done talking about Fast and Furious, we'll talk about more Fast and Furious because our B-plot this week is we're going to rank them, um, including Hobbs and Shaw, but not including F9 because we're recording the four F9 out in the state. F9? That F9. sounds like a key on a keyboard. That does sound like a key on a keyboard. You know, somebody should make a, make an article about that um, on what other movie t- movies do something similar. Uh, anyway. Uh, and then we'll do the spinoff, of course. A quick recommend, recommend or warn. Or wow. A quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, as always, let's get a chance to reacquaint ourselves with our writer this week. Frank, this is, I think, your third time on the show? Uh, I think so. Sounds about right. I think three. Um, so, so we've already got to ask you the basic questions. We've got to ask you the revamp questions. Here's the, uh, here, here's the thing that I want to know. Um, you were fortunate enough to come to Sposkers this year. Um, and I want to know, what is your what was your favorite part about Sposkers weekend? What's the thing you're looking forward to most next year? I just like hanging out, watching movies. I, I'm hoping for next year that there'll be a lot of more Best Picture nominations that aren't readily available on streaming. Mm. That that took a little fun out of it this year because like I could have watched them all at home. Sure, most of them. Most of them. I think Minari might have been the only one I couldn't. Minari and the Father um, were available on VOD, PVOD, but not um, not on any like Netflix. (coughs) Sorry, didn't mean to cough torn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Minari and the Father. The rest of them had already come out at that point or were available on streaming service um so yeah i mean that was that was kind of a bummer and man i don't know how we're going to fit two extra movies in the schedule next year yeah um, like, it, like the spots that dragged the most were the movies i had already seen yeah not that i try to avoid movies i like watching movies but you thought sure. this would have been a year that i wouldn't have seen any of them but. yeah that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe what we have to do next year is just say any of them that are like Netflix originals or you know came, came to Prime on day one or whatever. Maybe we need to say we're not watching those. Like watch it before you get here. Watch it on the plane ride over. You know. Yeah, yeah. like definitely because yeah. I don't know how we can fit in ten. Oh, we did last week, last year. It's literally just you don't get any free time. I uh, like free time. Right, and I loved going to Lambert's. Lambert's was one of the highlights for me because yeah, not you. You know, with free time, I can just like go through all of uh, Dicer's stuff, and you know, <laughs> I mean, what we we still do that. We still did do that last year, though. He pulled up his uh, his home videos for us uh, for me and Abby last year. I I got an ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, there's there is something special, especially you know, it had been the first time I'd watched a movie with people in a while. Um, you know, like other than like the same one or two people, you know, like my wife or um, or like your one other or two wife. Guys. Yeah, my other <laughs> one or two other guys, like from my small group. Like there, there's a couple people in there that like want to watch more movies, but they um, like they either just don't have access or they like don't know what to watch. 
So it's like, hey, tell me something I should watch. Invite me over one day. It's like, cool. Come over this weekend. And on Memorial Day, one of my friends came over and we watched the both the Borat movies back to back. It was a fun day. But um, but like we watched, um, uh, I, I showed him Sicario and I showed him um, The Host, Bong Joon-ho. Um, showed him I think one other movie. Oh, we did the Impractical Jokers movie. We were going to do something else, but we're like, I kind of want something not some. And we did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that day too. Always uh, a classic. Always, that was my first viewing. So um, I watch it every year on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, it might become a staple in my household. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So like, there there was something special about watching. But yeah, you're right. Like, especially a movie like Nomadland. Like, man, there is. It, it's a it's a great technical movie, but it is not like, a movie I that I ever thought I would want to rewatch. And Sposkers proved that. I don't. I don't yeah. know that I'll ever watch Nomadland again. Yeah, Nomadland was definitely the best movie I'll never watch out of the bunch. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it's totally deserving of the Best Picture Oscar, but it's just not one I care to go back to. You know, like, I've already seen Trial of Chicago 7, like, four times. Uh, Palm Springs, like, three or four times. You know, Judas and the Black Messiah, I think. Man, well, I have one more other question for you. Um, All right, that is, shoot. Uh, oh, yeah, and if you weren't paying attention, I, I, I gave away the King Kong story when we were talking about Kong Skull Island, because that was, like, right around Sposker to that, the... Where you saw Peter Jackson's King Kong in theaters, and I, I cleaned it up. I gave the censored version. <laughs> Where's Kong? Wait, you told the story? Yeah, I told the story. I did the I told the clean version. Oh, I couldn't remember Alex's. <laughs> I know Alex had a fun one, but I couldn't remember it. I still want to know what what that guy is doing right now. <laughs> Living his best life. Five minutes into Peter Jackson's King Kong, stands up and says, "Where the f is Kong?" and walks out. <laughs> He was smart. He, I'll never live my life as fully as that kid did. <laughs> I think about him every day. <laughs> oh, and for this recording, I have a gift for you. Oh. I took these down today. <laughs> I probably should put the smoke detector and carbon monoxide up with a new battery, but uh, that can wait till after. <laughs> Frank and I have been playing Xbox ever since Sposkers, like pretty religiously, even before Sposkers. And he's been having a smoke alarm with a low battery light going off since we started playing Xbox. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's one of those smoke alarms. Like, you should change the battery. He's like, eh. And, and after Sposkers, he comes home and he changes the battery. And a day later, it's beeping. And I'm like, Frank, what did you do? Did you not change it? He's like, nope, it's a different one this time. Look, look, look. I even buy these, and a week later they still start beeping. Energizer, Duracell, off brown. I don't know. I get dizzy a lot. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you taking out the smoke alarms for the podcast, not for your, you know, know, as if your family's safety didn't do it enough. But (laughs) uh, Frank, I have one more random question for you before we get going. What is that one food that you would never give up? Pizza. Pizza. Why pizza? It is the perfect any time of day food. Mm-hmm. You put sausage on it, you're good to go for breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, and dinner. Like, I am, like, as my wife has learned, I'm a very simple man. Like, the less decision making I have to do, the better. Mm-hmm. Like, she would make me, like, macaroni and cheese with, like, cut up hot dogs for lunch for work. And I went, like, three months straight, and that's all I would eat for lunch because it's like, I don't have to yeah. make a decision. Just. I'm good to go. Like, if they could just make, like, a meal packet that you just open, and it's the same thing, all three meals, I'll just eat that, give me my bare minimum of nutrients, make me live, and I'm all for it. Give me the pills. Like, <laughs> you sound like the perfect HelloFresh candidate. <laughs> 
Yeah, can they sponsor? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure we have the following for that, but uh, um. but yeah, pizza like you can mix it up with toppings, but okay. See, it's, when, it's a nice go-to. Like you throw the box away, no cleanup. You don't even need plates. Just pick up one slice. That's fair. That's very fair. Do you have a preference on your style of pizza? Do you go thin crust, thick crust, New York style, Chicago style, Detroit style? Uh, I like deep dish, but mostly I go for traditional. I only go for deep dish when it's Little Caesars because they okay. have the best. Sure, Little Caesars plug for Dicer right there. Um, I uh, being from the Chicago area, I can't not say Chicago style. Chicago style pizza, Chicago style hot dogs. It's Chicago makes some of the best food. Isn't Chicago just like square deep dish? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's like a deep dish, but it's, uh, it's got a different, like, I think cheese to meat ratio than like what you might get deep dish in New York. So, um, yeah, there's that. And, uh, I, I, when I was thinking about this question, I had the foresight about five minutes before you of knowing that the question was going to be, and I picked this question cause we've done the, what's the one food you couldn't live without or what's the one food you could forever. Um, but this is the one food that you would never give up. So my thought is. You know, I am trying to actively lose some weight because, you know, that's what you should do when you start to reach numbers that you're not happy with. And uh, um, I am, uh, as I thought, like, what is that one food that, like, I'm not willing to compromise on? And I, this might be a cheat. Uh, it's soda. Uh, I don't Ooh, like that's, that's I, if, if it's if it's if it's a cheat, then I'll say fruit gushers because I love fruit gushers and I don't have them all the time. But that's if I could, if they were cheaper, I'd have them all the time. Um, now, now, what you might not know about me is I have a little bit of a weight problem, <laughs> and I will say though, soda, like if you cut that out, you're immediately drop. Like every time I've cut out soda, I've just dropped pounds right away. Yeah, just because so, like. So my thing is that like soda is for sure the biggest factor to my weight, but I just I love it too much, and I and I don't get water. I don't really like water. Um, I've tried flavored waters and like, I really like some flavored waters, but they're just for the most part too expensive. Um, so my, my, my goal is I used to just drink soda all the time. Now, like, as I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to cut back. So, um, so two a day, which is still like, sounds like a lot cause it is. Uh, but eventually yeah. the goal is to get back to, to get to one a day and get back to, but to get to one a day, um, being that, that limit. And, uh, it, Part of that is like supplementing. I'm drinking water now, um, but I, I buy I buy. Um, um, it's it's a company called Circle. I've tried to see if they want to support the show, but I think they're just flooded with a ton of stuff from um, people trying to drink healthier and whatnot. And they did a big promotional campaign. I think it worked. So, but it's it's a it's a water bottle that that you buy fla- flavor infusing pods, and it infuses the water as it comes out. Um, and they have like sweet tea and lemon and raspberry lemonade. And I promise they're not paying me to do this. I wish they were, but like, yeah, like I've been drinking Carmen a lot. Have you tried okay. them? No. I, I like them because, like, I have, the, like, the, the one that's good for your brain, but the <laughs> but the the default one, like, the red one, it has a antioxidants in it, but they mm-hmm. keep it all in the cap, and you just press the cap down, and then shake it up, and then you're good to go. That's nice. But... Yeah, I've tried, like, like I like Propel, but I don't want to drink Propel every day of my life. It tastes like zero-calorie kiwi strawberry water, and the buys are okay. The best thing I like is the sparkling ice drinks. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to switch to an all-liquid diet, Yeah. so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you'll, if you'll allow soda as the food, you'll never give up. I'll, take, I'll do so. But if you're like, food is a, soda's a drink, not a food, then I'll go with uh, fruit gushers. Uh, maybe zebra cakes. I don't know. I love zebra cakes. 
Well, if you get enough fruit gushers together, you also have a drink. That is true. Well, uh, I think we've I think we've gone too long without talking about movies. So let's let's get back to it. Let's talk about <laughs> movies we have no idea anything about. So we'll start off with uh, we'll we'll start off with Tomorrow War because this is going to be a Prime movie. It's coming out on Amazon Prime Video on uh, July second. Again, that's Friday um, when this launches. Uh, this is a Prime Video exclusive, so not going to theaters. Um, and will be available. Um, I don't think it's available like to PVOD rent. I don't think Amazon does that. I think you have to view it on Amazon with a Prime subscription. That's typically the way that their their movies work. Um, so, and I think maybe eventually you could buy them, but for the first while, it's just just Prime Video, at least here in the states. I don't know what their international strategy is. That's worth pointing out. But uh, uh, the the point is, uh, or the synopsis of this movie is a family man is drafted in a future war. Um, where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. Frank, uh, we did pretty minimal research on this. Uh, as oh yeah, I just watched the trailer. <laughs> well, and as it, as it should be for the uh, you know for the coming attraction, I don't want to know too much about my movie. But uh, what do you think about this on the scale of? Would you go see the opening week it, again? If this is a theatrical movie, and let's say you know COVID is is gone um, in the world, you know it's it's not. But let's say it is, and let's say this is a theatrical release. Uh, would you find yourself ca- trying to catch this in an uh, an opening weekend? Wait for a discount night. Wait till. Uh, you can rent it at home, wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested? Well, if I only saw the trailer without knowing it was going to be on Prime Video and with no studio labels on it, I I would have bet you money that it was going to be a sci-fi original. <laughs> like I, I was going to say the same thing, except like, straight, to, straight to DVD, like Cosmic Sin. That I like, about. I've... I feel like they could have just called it uh, what Skyline Five or whatever they're up to now. I have no idea. Like it looks pretty. Like I feel like they started making the movie, and then COVID probably happened, and they saw no movies are coming out, and I feel like they scaled back the visual effects department a lot. Yep. And it doesn't feel like it's the caliber movie for the cast you have. You have J.K. Simmons. You have Chris Pratt. You have. What's her name from House? Uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Oh, no, no. That's oh, no. She's Chuck. from, uh, Chuck. She's from Riddick. R- uh, Riddick. Uh, uh, Riddick. Who? Betty, Betty Gilpin? Chuck. No, the, the blonde. Was she from Chuck? Uh, I never I saw don't Chuck. Know. I don't know, but I, it, it just doesn't look like it's up to par on what it should be for the studio that made it with Paramount, Skydance, the star mm-hmm. power. Yeah, and it's also interesting. This is a Paramount movie, but they sold it to Amazon as opposed to trying to boost Paramount Plus, which... You know, as of right now, the only two original Paramount Plus movies are the new SpongeBob one, which I don't think anybody saw, and Infinite, which people that did see don't have nice things well, I, to say about that one. I feel like Paramount Plus is a complete afterthought. Yes. I'm sure when they sold it, because back then it was still CBS All Access, and pretty much that was just where people went for a new Star Trek. Right. And then I feel like then after HBO did their announcement for all their WB films going mm-hmm. there. Then they got the idea of, hey, we just changed all access into Paramount Plus, but by then they already had sold the uh, Michael B. Jordan movie. Without uh, Remorse. Yeah, Without Remorse. They already yeah. sold that, so 
this is probably bundled in with it. Yeah, I mean, Paramount Plus has to be an afterthought. And I, I don't know, maybe they're just like, Paramount Plus isn't making money, so we can make a guaranteed. I think Amazon paid like $400 million for the movie. Um, but Jeff Bezos has enough money he wants. Um, you know, and Amazon has enough money, they whatever they want. So, um, yeah, it's just it was just interesting to me. But I, I'm 100% with you. I think you could convince me that this was a straight-to-sci-fi movie, um, especially if you take out some actors. Like, like Chris Pratt is, I think, above that for the most part, and J.K. Simmons is, but uh, Yvonne Strahovski, she's, um, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Um, I know her from, she's in the, the Riddick movie. Um, I, she's uh, Battlestar Galactica, I think. Um, I think that's kind of where most people know her from. Uh, Dexter, um, she's a role in that show, apparently. Um, she's in the, yeah, Chuck, you're right, Chuck. Okay. Yeah, Chuck, yeah. That's yep. how I know her. Yeah, I, like I said, I thought that she was mostly. I'm thinking about else, Star Galactic. Uh, but yeah, Chuck. So she, um, uh, she. I don't know. I feel like she might still be doing that. Oh, I know who I'm thinking of now. Anyway, I, I wouldn't put sci-fi originals past this person, but I would. Uh, I would put it past Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons. And uh, I don't know J.K. Simmons. I feel like I'm gonna have to zoom in with kind of like uh, uh, Sean Levy. Okay. No, Jim's dad from American Pie. Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. There you're not Sean. Yeah. Like, Eugene Levy, like, I saw an interview years ago where he's just happy to be able to work and he feels lucky to get offered roles, so he takes them. Yeah. I feel like J.K. Simmons is the kind of guy where he's just happy to work and as long as there's going to be a check, he'll happy to do it. Yeah, but I wouldn't put him in that category like the Bruce Willis. I'd put him in the category like he just wants to do different things. Uh, yeah, like, he's, like, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to do J.J. Right. Jameson for the rest of his life, so he wants to do something like throw a whiplash here or there, give you a Palm Springs every now and then. Sure, I'll play Commissioner Gordon. And he has a, you know, his role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine last season was, like, really different than lots of things. Like, um, you know, I think he just kind of, it just wants, wants a little bit of excitement. I kind of feel like in Whiplash, after the events of that movie, something happens, he goes in Witsec and becomes J.J. Jameson. Sure, I'll buy that. <laughs> I feel like it's connected. We'll, we'll, like, Peter gives him a crappy photo. He just slaps him. Like, is that in focus or out of focus? <laughs> That'd be amazing. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I, don't, I also don't think Chris Pratt looks right in this role. Um, like, he doesn't look like he really fits. He, he's not, he's still enough, he's not quite removed enough from the Andy Dwyer um, and the Star-Lord, the Peter Quill, and... You know, some of those, like, silly movies that he has for me to quite take him as family man just yet. And it looks like he's, like, supposed to be a pretty straightforward, you know, straight man. In this. And, he, he, you know, you don't cra- you don't really cast Chris Pratt for that. Um, you, you, like, I like, feel like, like even in like the trailer. Even, like, Jurassic World kind of tried to make him, like, a, the serious person. But, like, you know, that that the, that didn't quite work as well as Star-Lord did or as Andy Dwyer does. It's almost like if you rewatch the trailer... And I feel bad because I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that is clearly there for to be the comedic relief. Yeah, I feel like yeah. maybe that's the role Pratt should have played in it. Well, and it's I, I don't know, but I feel like he is star power caliber. Um, the person by the name of Sam Richards, uh, the actor um, playing the comic. Uh, but I feel like Chris Pratt is above you know being a side character anymore. I mean, after you know the Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. Um, you know, several of his other movies, like he he is leading man capable. Um, but See, is, I still don't, even after all those fun loving guy. Yo, he'd fit right at home with the nice guys, right? Like, I, like I don't think he is a leading man quality, but I think he is perfect for anything that involves an ensemble cast. 
I think he plays off ensemble cast really well, but like he's to- he's not the problem with passengers. He's actually really good in passengers, and that's yeah. kind of a like a straight man. Passengers um, is that movie was just edited wrong. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a bad editing and bad you know director oversight. Um, right. But um, but yeah, that's uh, but like he is by far not the problem with that movie. Like he's actually yeah. pretty good. Uh, but I think that's like, about both as, of them. Are, both of them are good, and like yeah, it's yeah. just a story structure problem that's my issue with it well but i feel like he's i feel like he's leading man capable he's just not quite um hasn't been given the opportunity well i think he has been given the opportunity but like i I don't think he um you know like about passengers is about as serious as i ever want to see him like and you know because he's still a little goofy in passengers especially my guess is when they cast chris pratt for the movie and the whole portion where he's going insane because of isolation they were just like let chris pratt wander around set for a day you know um (laughs) like that feels like something that they would do and uh um you know i i just i don't know that he is um i don't know that he's um quite what uh what movie studios think he is at least at this stage he could very well be one of those michael keaton's where he has a career renaissance um and just is like an a-list oscar winning you know daniel day lewis type but he maybe just not quite far enough removed. And he just doesn't look like he's having fun in any of the movies that he doesn't get to be fun in. And that's no fun to watch. I feel like Jurassic World, he had the most fun outside of Guardians, obviously. But I feel like he had fun in that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, especially because his job is, you know, the raptor team. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's getting into. But, uh, but you know, there's, there's a lot more problems with this. I mean, about the only positive I have for this movie is it's a good cast and the visual effects don't look bad. Um, we'll see when it actually drops on Prime, you know, how the visual effects actually... Like, I'm hoping maybe the trailer I watched was just lower quality, like... I thought they looked fine. You... I could, you know, I maybe I was watching a low quality, or I, I, maybe <laughs> I don't have as much of an eye to detail to that kind of stuff, but I just, I felt like this was this had some serious money put behind it, and obviously it did, because Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, Amazon bought it for $400 million. So, But I, I think, for all intents and purposes, I'm in the probably never watch this category um you know if the, if, the, if the reviews are good i'll probably check it out because it's like on, st- an amazon prime but other like, than that see, i'm not interested like I, of all my streaming services like prime i watch the least <laughs> yeah but it's not due to a lack of content i mean their interface is horrible and like i still haven't even watched without remorse <laughs> the last really prime the last prime thing i watched was coming to america too. i didn't even see that so. it's it's pretty bad. They should have yeah, let it be rated R. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I want Prime to do good. I really like the their you know their idea and their model, and I think that they have some really solid content. Um, back when it was really just Netflix and Amazon competing for one another, I think Netflix had more content, but Amazon had better content. But you know, they they stopped getting contracts for things, and they don't really produce a ton of originals. And Ugh. despite Wait, how however, do you cancel how do you cancel Sneaky Pete? I, didn't see sneaky beats oh you gotta watch it it's a great show i i'm never gonna forgive amazon for canceling it well and they came out swinging when when they did their pilot season and they had a zombie land pilot and i don't remember it being awful but it was nowhere near the caliber of the movie <laughs> and they didn't even put it to show but like when they, they they really got um they really got into the game with uh with the man in the high castle which had an amazing first season and a pretty less than mediocre rest of the series um but that was like so that was such a disappointment i've, I've heard really good things about bosch um you know, it, it seems like their best content is stuff that they just buy you know like borat well I, I think i don't know about borat subsequent i don't know if that was always them or not but um you know 
they, they don't have a ton. They don't have enough to compete in this age, uh, but they don't really need it. If this was, you know, if this was something kind of like a kind of like we've been talking on Xbox about how like Epic Games is trying to compete with Steam on PC, but the difference is Epic Games runs Fortnite. So they don't need the money from you buying their games. They can give away games for free if you'll use their platform and make it the new Steam. Because they have like, Fortnite to back them up. And they're making a truckload of money every day from Fortnite. So, um, and like, I, I feel like Amazon, they're not, they're not hungry to sell their streaming content. Because it's just, like, I have Prime just for the free shipping. Mm-hmm. That's and I feel like, like with the way they have everything all bundled together... They don't care what they make money off of. They're making... <laughs> if Prime Video was standalone from everything else, all the, all the other perks you get with Prime, I probably wouldn't have it. Um, or I would get it like once every now and then. I would pay for one month when, you know, Borat's subsequent movie film or without yeah. movies I'm really excited for come out. But I for sure wouldn't have a consistent, re- you know, consistent uh, subscription. But Like, Prime includes, what, their music streaming, doesn't it? It does. And yet I still pay for Spotify. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I'll probably actually kind of, I think I probably use Amazon Prime more than a Paramount Plus and or Apple. Uh, but we'll see. I, those are both pretty new. So we'll see. Um, Apple Apple TV doesn't have the content, but when they have something you want to watch, it's worth having. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, CBSL access just to figure their interface out and add a free queue. Um, I think hey, you know, they, we, we, we've devere, we veered way off of talk about tomorrow war, but that should show you neither of us really, <laughs> really want to spend any time with this. And like, look, there, there definitely looks like worse movies that have come out this year. And this could be a surprise. There's plenty of examples of terrible trailers for really good movies. And there's plenty of examples of great trailers for terrible movies. But, um, it you know, it should just go to show you i there's not really anything in me that wants to see this tomorrow war looks like the perfect movie what i would call a chill movie you know you Mm. swipe right on someone on an app you want to go hang out at their house you throw that on to chill too that way you don't care what you're missing Got it. So we're so tomorrow war and chill. Got it. Yeah. Um, the only, oh, I, I guess there's one other positive to say, and that this is directed by the guy that did the Lego Batman movie. And so wait, like, what? Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm watching it. Okay. <laughs> so they so, should have they should have put that in the trailer from the director right. of the Lego Batman movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Give me it. I'll watch it now. Okay. So I I'm feel sorry. like all the, I feel like all the pieces are here, but none of it excites me. So. You know, they, they have a competent director. The The screenplay writer hasn't really done anything. It's an interesting concept, but one that I don't super care about. The visuals seem to Is be... Is it based on anything? Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. I don't think... Um, um, uh, you know, Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, uh, like plenty of good <laughs> casting. Lots of... <laughs> what? I Googled the Tomorrow War. Uh-huh. And you know how Google works. Yeah. And it just says, people also ask... Is the Tomorrow War a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow? <laughs> now I want to see the Edge of Tomorrow War. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are getting a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, I, I what, we are. Like, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, although I think that they, I can't remember if they're officially calling it Edge of Tomorrow Two or Live Die Repeat Two. I think they're going with Live Die Repeat Two. Um, so yeah, so I can see how there's definitely some confusion, but. Uh, let's move on. We have one more to talk about, and then you know nine films to talk about. Let's talk about the Forever <laughs> Purge. Uh, uh, the synopsis of this one is: All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless martyrs decides that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak, and instead it should never end. Uh, Frank, you've checked this one out too. Uh, just a, the briefest of research, but uh, uh, same scale. Um, how excited are you to see this movie? 
I haven't fully watched any of the Purge movies. Okay. But usually the trailers be like, oh, I need to I need to watch these. Mm-hmm. But this trailer, it's like, okay, the people don't hear a siren, so they just assume they can just keep on killing. Okay. Even though um, I'm sure there'll be laws this, on the this, books that'll be, no, you can't. <laughs> okay, this is uh, this may be something to clarify. Um, I didn't think it needed, but um, essentially... The Forever Purge is um, the the purge is twenty four hours and the siren goes off and it stops. Except yeah. and, and it says all crimes, including murder, are again illegal. But these people are just ignoring the laws. Um, they want the purge to continue more than just twenty four hours. They want to live as if that twenty four hours was everything. So they are no longer abiding by the rules of. Uh, see, the trailer made me think that because they didn't hear it, they think they can just keep at it. Oh, I did. maybe we watched a different trailer because I've only, I've seen no. the same trailer I think three times because they were in theaters whenever I went a couple times. Mm. Um, but it's just people don't want to stop, and they and there's a bunch of groups that collectively decide we're not going to stop, and so all those people you know that were protected all of a sudden aren't, and they're like, <laughs> and you know I'm sure there's more, but. Um, I get, all right, so my Purge history is I've seen the first three. I haven't seen, nor do I think I ever will see the first Purge. Um, I was never really interested in that one. Um, I'm never a fan of any series where you get to, like, four or five, and then they go, the first whatever movie. Like, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The prequel The prequel that's right. you know, five or six in. Well, it'll be different if you're doing, like, a prequel series. But to do a random prequel in the middle is just... It'd be like if there, F9 was a prequel. Or it would be like if the third Fast and Furious movie took place much later than it actually did. <laughs> well, we can talk about that later. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Um, I, look, I, I gotta say, um, I think the first Purge movie is terrible. I think it's really bad, but it was a shame because it was one of my most excited movies. Because um, that one, they're just, what, locked in a house and people yep. trying to break in? Yep. I feel like that's a solid idea, like... It's a great concept. Good. It's a great idea. Really original concept with this purge. Um, I hate everything about that first movie. I think it's a terrible movie. But some the reviews came out, and I went and saw the second one. And I think the second one's actually really good. It's super watchable. Um, this is where they bring Frank Grillo in. So Frank Grillo is the lead of Tomb Three, which should tell you all you need to know. Um, mm. And and his story in the second one is that um, his daughter was killed in some accident. I think a drunk driver or something like that. And so on Purge Day, he's going to go, like, he's seeking revenge for the person that killed his daughter. Uh, not on a Purge Day. Um, and and it's really great. Really awesome. It's a really great movie. I love it. Um, and, and the Purge election year was a fine movie. He's a bodyguard for some newly running president who wants to eliminate the Purge. So everybody's trying to kill her because they want to keep, um, you know, at least all the people in the streets are trying to kill because everybody that wants it gone is locked up at home. Uh, it's That one's totally fine. Um, nothing to write home about, but I think the Purge Anarchy is really good. I'm really excited about this one, actually. I, I think it's an interesting concept. I think that the action looks cool. I'm intrigued about the ramifications that they're going to explore. Um, not only like from obviously the Purge ending, and you know we're getting this Forever Purge now, but what are the ramifications? How how is this going to turn out? Um, is it is is it just going to have to be the authorities come in and kill everybody that's still purging and be like this is it you don't get any warnings like yo what are the ramifications for this world which I think is just fascinating to explore I'm I think I'm going to see this one uh maybe probably in theaters because 
if it's bad, then I don't have to worry about like, oh, I, you, the other, like you buy movies, especially digitally. And you're like, oh, that wound up sucking. I hate that. I still have to be reminded of this every time I'm scrolling through whatever, but, um, I'm, very good chance. I might go see this one in theaters. I'm like, uh, I'll say like a discount night. Yeah. I, w- I won't be there a Thursday night or Friday night, but I'll be there, you know, like a, maybe like a Monday morning or something. Hell, maybe I'll just start watching all of them. <laughs> You got me to rewatch Fast and Furious, so. <laughs> well, like I said, I can't attest to the uh, I can't attest to the first Purge because I've never seen it. But I think at least the the Purge Anarchy is really worth watching. I don't. I'm not necessarily recommending any of the other ones. I'm definitely not recommending the first one. But I think there's some really right. good stuff in Purge Anarchy. Um, I, I'm really excited. I think this is good. My only my only hangup is um, that it's a it's a new um, writer and director. Um, it looks like the writer of the original three who directed the original three, he didn't direct four, but he wrote or the first purge, but he, uh, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. And this one, he has a writing credit for characters, but it doesn't have a writing credit for screenplay. Um, as far as I can. So like, it, I'm kind of, uh, um, kind like, I think that there's a little bit of concern there. Um, this was kind of this, this guy's baby, James DeMonica. Uh, oh, he also did write it. Okay, I can see it officially. He did write it, and he has a character credit, but he didn't direct it. Um, oh, yeah. oh, and IMDb's first trivia point is that Jason Blum tried to get Sylvester Stallone started it. So that's a, uh, I don't, <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's a positive or a negative. I don't know. I, there's a good chance I'll catch this one. All right. Well, to kind of do a jumping off point, going off topic, because that's what I do. How do you feel about Indiana Jones 5 with it being new director and new writer? Look, it, James Mangold can do whatever he wants, and I'm on board, especially something that's like a Western theme. So, it, you know, if they bring in right. some nobody, maybe I'll have some concerns, but they bring in James Mangold, heck yeah, I'm there. Fair enough. And, you know, after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you know, maybe it's time for a new writer. So. <laughs> and I like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull better than Temple of Doom, so there's that. Um, we'll see. You mean, I, Temple, you mean Temple Dance Doom? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, uh, I, I got to rewatch, dude. Now that I have those, uh, those on four, I've got my. Got my I'm, I'm, I am mad about those four Ks. About what? Like, do you have the Batman, uh, like Burton and Schumacher four Ks? See, they did a similar package, except the container it's in was also a steel, like mm. metal. Yeah. So I don't, and it was the same price point as the four indie steel books. I don't know why the case on that wasn't a metal box. <laughs> I'm just upset that you literally only get the 4K disc. You don't also get a Blu-ray. I mean, you also get the digital code, but like your only option to watch it is that. So uh, luckily I had all of them except for Temple of Doom on Blu-ray already. So I just hung on. Yeah. Like what sucks is like, I like it when they have it because then that means I can get rid of my existing Blu-ray because I have a friend that he doesn't like, he doesn't rebuy anything. Mm -hmm. So if he has something on on DVD, he won't rebuy it on Mm Blu-ray. So normally when I do a rebuy, I just give them and it frees up space. But like I said, then come with the Blu-ray. So yeah, I take them into disc resale shops. But yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah I don't have anything more to say. It's just I, I'm interested. I'm interested in this movie. Um. So much so that I very likely will go see it in theaters. And All you're right. considering starting the franchise. So <laughs> you know I don't know where they're streaming, but I'm sure you can find them. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll acquire them as necessary. <laughs> Well, Frank, let's start talking about some Fast and Furious movies then, because we're forty minutes into this thing and we gotta we gotta get moving. <laughs> um, we got nine yeah, we only have nine movies. <laughs> yeah, only nine movies to talk about. Hey, it's okay. We were originally supposed to have Ben on, but due to scheduling conflicts, uh, yeah. you know, had to had to change up. 
change up that. But uh, let's start with the original. We're going to go in release order. Um, so we will have... Makes first, sense. Well, actually, release order and... Uh, um, it would be so complicated to do chronological order, but... Uh, you know, if we were talking about F9 today, which we won't be talking about F9 today, this should be worth noting, but we are talking about Hobbs and Shaw. Um, Frank and I will do a mini review of F9, um, hopefully coming out um, this weekend, um, hopefully coming out, uh, you know, in a couple days on your podcast, feed, but um, varying schedule, you may have to be a little patient, uh, but either way. Um, uh, so we'll talk about them in Fast and, Fast and Furious 1, 2, Tokyo Drift, 4, 5, 6, 7, Fate of the Furious, and Hobbs and Shaw. Um, by the way, it looks a purge um, on Peacock. Oh, good. I got Peacock. Uh, <clears throat> so at least the first two are. We'll see. I'll find them. Yeah, you'll find them. I trust you to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, let's start Let's start with the, the Fast and the Furious. Uh, this is, uh, I think, 2001, something about that. I don't know. Yep. I don't have the dates here. 2001. Um, I Also, fair warning, I rewatched none of these movies because about a year ago, Abby and I did um, a, like a, a week-long binge of them. Um, so it wasn't quite a weekend binge, but we just, like, that was the only movies we watched for about a week. Um, and I nothing about me really wanted to experience these movies again so quick. So um, I've seen hey, all re- of them multiple times, so... I rebought all of them in 4K for this, so <laughs> yeah, who do I give the receipt to? But you would have bought <laughs> uh, Jesse. You give them to Jesse. All right, <laughs> uh, but you would have bought all of them in 4K, even if I didn't ask. If even if I just like casually mentioned it on Xbox. So yeah, are you drinking Incredible Hulk right now? I am. Yeah, good man. <laughs> yeah, it's nine o'clock on a Tuesday. What else? What else am I supposed? To? <laughs> <laughs> PM, by the way, PM. Not that it matters. Uh, The Fast and the Furious. Uh, Frank, what do you think about this movie? Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? All right. Fast and Furious 2001 is one of my favorite 90s movies. (laughs) It screams, that whole movie screams 90s to me, all the way from Undercover Cop sneaking his way in. Mm -hmm. They're stealing DVD players. Mm hmm. Standard def tube televisions, mm-hmm. DVD players, like not it's mention, literally not to mention the hairstyling, the costumes. I mean, yo, know, <laughs> the cars. Uh, Brian has highlights in his hair in this. Yeah, he does, and like it's Point Break, but for race cars and or street racing. And when it came out, I enjoyed it because it was just like every other movie coming out, but it was kind of unique. You know, I was in high school, had the pretty women in it. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy it, and it's probably. I know we're gonna do rankings later. But do we just mention them as we cover them, or we'll we'll do a full rank as we go? But like, yeah, okay. whatever your thoughts are. Like for me, this is probably the number two in the series. Okay. Because normally, like, I always tend to partial like what kicked everything off more, mm-hmm. and it's just a fun watch. It's just cliche after cliche, but it's done well, and I enjoy it. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> Look, I re- recall thinking this movie was okay, um, like growing up, but but really thinking it was overhyped and really did not deserve its own franchise. Um, after rewatching it last year, I really don't like this movie. Um, like firmly in the dislike it camp. Um, for lots of reasons. And look, a lot of the reasons why I think so is because it is such a different movie than any of the Fast and Furious movies, even starting at Too Fast, Too Furious. Because the soundtrack for this one is like grunge heavy metal. And like, oh, yeah. It's my kind of music. Like, this is the kind of stuff I was, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I was listening to back in the day. 
but it doesn't work at all. And it feels out of place because, you know, we think of the stuff like in Miami where they're playing like really sexy, smooth music. And, you know, because they spend so much time in Latin America. Too. Like, See, I think-, I think that's why I can connect with it a little more because for me, it you know, I was in high school and it came out. So uh-huh. I can connect with me as a person at that time period. It came out right. I was like mm-hmm. the perfect demographic for it. Mm-hmm. So it hits me different because, I don't know, just part of growing up. Like, I was I was six when this movie came out. My older brother was eleven, <laughs> and you're saying you're in high school. Uh, my brother was five years older than me, and so a lot. There's a lot of movies that I have really fond memories of because I watched them with my brother, um, and because like it was something that people in school were telling him to check this out, and so he did. That's how I got into Boondock Saints, and thought that was a really fun, really fun time with my brother. Part, part, probably why I love that movie, at least in part, is because with my brother. Um, but I also think it's a pretty, pretty, pretty okay movie, but we're not talking about boondock scene. Um, this is one of those movies and like, it, you know, this, this, uh, this fast and the fast and the furious was one of those that like, you know, uh, there was like this and like, especially like by the time my brother got into high school or whatever, like that was right about the time that like Euro trip came out and road trip with Breckenmeyer and Tom green came out. Um, so like, <laughs> I have a lot of nostalgia for these movies that somebody my age probably shouldn't, but uh, I remember this being kind of in that flow, and I I never liked it. Um, at best, I thought this is a this is a really not good, stupid movie. I should preface all of this with saying I know nothing, nor do I care to know anything about cars. I could not be less interested in cars. I drive a freaking Nissan Altima. Like, I, there's nothing there's nothing about cars to me. Like, me and my wife just went car shopping. And, I, and because I live in Iowa, I'm like, the the only thing I care about is four-wheel drive. Everything else is cool, but, like, we're talking remote start and Bluetooth capabilities. That's the, that's the only other things that really matter. Like, I don't I don't care about spinning rims or large subwoofers <laughs> or, like, I listen to podcasts in the car, right? I don't care about the subwoofer. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I, I pay people to do my oil, oil change, even though I know how to do my oil change, because I just don't care about cars. All right, you you made me realize something I never quite realized before. But when the movie came out, and I was in high school, my dad had two auto garages that he had opened recently, and I was working at both of them part time. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's also another thing that also could be because I was also learning cars at the time with my dad. Could be. So yeah, I maybe I, that's I, why like the first one hits the right way. Look, I just I don't have any interest in cars, and so for these first several movies, that the focus really seems to be cars. I'm not gonna like them. It's not until the focus doesn't become on cars or you know family with a B um, that I that I start to care about these movies. That you know when it becomes more than just a car uh, franchise, when it becomes like sure they're cars, but look at what the car can do, and it's like okay, cool. Car would never actually do that, but cool. Um, you know, like that shot in that in the F nine trailer of them, you know, driving off the cliff and getting stuck by snagged by the hook and all that. Like, the car would never actually do that. This is a one in a mil- one in a billion chance, but cool. Um, so yeah, I I I think this movie's fine. You're right, cliched as as crap. Uh, um, um, the bad guy in this is like one of those that I was like, oh crap, him, because uh, he's uh in in Die Another Day, the little seven. He's in a he's in a couple other movies. He was like the go to Asian bad guy in the early two thousand. <laughs> And uh, obviously, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker had pretty. Uh, had Although this re- this past rewatch, uh, the first one, I I never realized a guy that was in the movie, mm-hmm. but one of the uh, Asian guys is the guy from Tropic Thunder. 
Oh. We are Asian Dawn. And the moment I saw him, I just started laughing. Like, I just want to splice in that audio. <laughs> it's been a hot second since I've seen Tropic Thunder. I'm due for a rewatch on that. Oh, but so somebody, somebody I know, uh, or not somebody I know, I saw somebody on Twitter splice the dialogue from uh, from Tom Cruise's, like, rant on the phone. And they put it over, like, a video clip of something about, like, him on the Mission Impossible set, like, a week ago or two. <laughs> but they didn't know that they spliced the audio from Tropic Thunder. Some ignorant person just, like, retweeted it, thinking that Tom Cruise was actually flipping out on somebody for no reason. <laughs> like, it's like, this is it's from Tropic Thunder. Like, Where's, where's a key grip? Who's, who's, who's going to tell him that this is from Tropic Thunder? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I don't care about this movie. The, nothing about this movie makes me care about the characters. Um, I don't care what their fates are. Um, I don't care about anything going on. This, this is this is all style and no substance. And look, there's an audience for that. And you know, I will watch this movie more before I die because you know, sometimes I'm in a style over substance. This is 100% style, zero percent substance. But it wants to be more than that. Um, but it it's. I'm not saying anything new here. Um, yeah. This is a bad movie to me. Uh, you have more thoughts on the one? Or are you ready to move on to two? I'm ready to move on. Cool. Let's talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. Frank, you're going to be surprised. I really like this movie. Uh, it's pretty low for me. Okay. And I remember when it came out, when I found out the title, I went, wow, this title is horrible. Yep. They got really lazy on the title. But now looking back, they clearly they, they put effort into it. Because now we just got, all right, are they going to use Fast or are they going to use Furious this time? We got no, what? They, fast they with 5. F. Yeah. Yeah. We got what? Fast 5, Furious 6, Furious 7, Fate. Well, and, and let's not just, forget Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, look, the, the. Look, look, Too Fast, Too Furious is better than The Fast and the Furious 2. But you're right. It's a bad title. And look, the title not I like this movie because this movie takes itself way less seriously than the first one. Uh, I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't know why it gets crapped on. Maybe it's because but, it's the farthest thing from the rest of what this franchise is. Yeah, um, like, they're like, okay, we're just going to stick with the cop angle, mm-hmm. go to Florida. But yeah, you're right. It's not that bad. It's nowhere near one of the worst ones. Mm-hmm. I I have it pretty low on my list, but that's just because of the way it just falls because of other ones bumping it out. But yeah, yeah like this time I I enjoyed it. it for some reason, oh, it will always remind me of Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> These came out right about the same time. I have a yeah, very like, similar vibe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Man, Starsky and Hutch. Talk about movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, I watched that movie like six times in its first year it came out. I haven't seen it. Yeah, since. Same. Like I'm when sure the underrated terrible. DVD came out. Like bad but i'm sure it's bad uh look i think i think this movie has a lot of fun and that's the and that's the thing you know with uh with the introduction of Ludacris and tyrese gibson um they're look they're a match made in heaven for this franchise they you know people talk about the rock saving this franchise well before the rock saved the franchise which he did by the way Ludacris and tyrese gibson saved this franchise and um sure check those cuz <laughs> Sure, it's it's upsetting that uh, apparently Vin Diesel didn't want to be a part of the sequel, and so they had already written a Fast and Furious two, and then they had to like completely rewrite what Vin Diesel said he didn't want to come back because he was doing. Well, all like they that. had to do was just change out one character's name and add an introduction scene. Right. Although yeah, I still think it would be hilarious watching uh, Dominic Toretto just try to yell out "Ejecto Cito," because. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so like I get that there's some some pre-production stuff going on, some things like they were expecting to turn the Fast and the Furious into a franchise and I mean they still did obviously, but they were expecting Vin Diesel to come back and all that, but uh hey, all, that all happen, he cares but... about is pitch black. <laughs> but but I think uh I, I think there was uh there, there's something really fun about this movie and I think the set pieces are really interesting and the movie still does a little bit too much caring about the cars for me. Uh, but like the the sequence where they have to go get the the bag um, from like the test, they have to go get the bag from the car and bring it back, and it's just some cigars, and they smoke it's a victory cigar. And then there's the um, the the street race where they where they need to get rid of the bugged cars, and so they do the the down and back. Uh, and then uh, it, to me, the most like one of the most iconic moments in the Fast and Furious franchise, where they have the police tailing them. And they pull into the parking garage. Oh and yeah, cars like, and the cars come flooding out, and that's an awesome moment. And like, uh, I live in a state where people love their pickup trucks, and they were so happy seeing pickup trucks being represented <laughs> on that screen, and not sure like the minority vehicle that they are. <laughs> Wait, that might came out wrong. <laughs> yeah, look, this movie's just a lot of fun. Sure, it's not a good movie. It's like in terms of like character development things. It's 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 the same style over substance. I just care a lot more about this style. I think I think it fits a lot better and it takes itself a lot less serious. So it's a lot better of a watch for me. So I really like this it, movie. It does have one weird moment of an ending though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is when he goes, "My pockets ain't empty," because and Brian's just stealing the money. Like it's not the same as like in the first one. He chose, you know, giving him his car as like a sign of like you know respect but not yep. as like he's not trying to be a crooked cop now he's just yeah he just wants to be crooked and they yeah. never really address that <laughs> i ever. mean right they don't they don't address how he steals a ton of money and i mean they address him like he, he loses his job uh, no no because he gets promoted because the next time we see him is in fast and furious but yeah uh, but he stole evidence he's yep. crooked yep. he is indeed that yeah, and they just kind of shrug it off or nothing. And, you know, it's not like he went down the street and gave it to a kid's charity or something like that. But Well, that was also the time when, like, action movies, they wanted them all to end on a comedic note. And that yep. was their way of doing that for this. And that's just yeah. a sign of the time. Yeah, it's, but, a, it's, a, it's yeah. a complicated ending 20 years later. Uh, it was at the time, too. But, <laughs> but they like, weren't caring about for this guy? Like, sure, sure. What's the evidence going to do? Just sit locked up. And I'm happy the bad guy doesn't have it. But it's like aren't we supposed to like him? Aren't we supposed to think he's a good guy and kind of the face of justice, but like actually justice, you know, but now he's led a criminal walk and stolen money. Um, so yeah, like it, it just comes down to this movie's fun and I, I'm here for yeah. the vibe. So nah. what about Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? How do you feel about that? Again, like, I don't know what it was about this rewatch in my mind. I went, Oh, this thing's garbage. It's garbage. But then all the stuff they do later on was Han and mm-hmm. by like, Making it later, it's like this series, for everything that it is, does a good job at setting up future movies mm-hmm. without you realizing that's what they're doing. I think it's all afterthought. It's definitely not thought yeah. ahead. Well, yeah, that that was definitely like pulled out, but like later on, they really start working more on the building, like the building sure. blocks and stuff they introduced. But I'm not, I'm not totally positive. It's people in the writers' room that are actually thinking about these things, though. I think they're just like, hey. Yeah, could we do this? And, and it's so like, hey, like, we really sure. They're like, hey, we really like this actor. Let's put him in the next one. Oh, we just killed him. Uh-huh. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> no one cares about this series anyway. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, hey, like, who should our next big bad guy be? Well, let's just make him the brother. 
oh, even though there's like a huge age gap and all that. You know, hey, we really like Vanessa Kirby from that new Mission Impossible movie. What if we make her Hobbs' brother? Isn't Jason Statham like 50 and she's like 28? It's like, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, they'll be brothers. Anyway, we'll get to Hobbs and Shaw later. But yeah. um, so, so your rewatch was more positive or more negative this time? More positive because I think it's more like at this point, it's like I know where the series is going. It's like I'm it's a roller coaster of a ride. Mm-hmm. The accent of the kid is a weird choice. Yep. The reason why they go to Japan. Was mm-hmm. it Japan? Yeah. Tokyo, yeah. It's like, yeah, he got kicked out of every school, so we got to send him to Japan. That makes Well, it's like his dad lived in Japan, right? And so instead of living with his mom, they just send him to live with his dad in Japan. She just went, eh. Yep. Screw off. Yep. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. um, Look, when I first saw this movie, um, I hated it. I thought it was a total piece of garbage. Um, Got to beat up one of the Taylor boys. (laughs) (laughs) I I really hated this movie the first time I saw it, but... I don't think the next time, like, and it was, like, not too long after it came out. I don't think the next time I watched it was until um, uh, after 6 had come out. Like, honestly, probably the rewatch I did a year ago um, was the next time I watched <laughs> Tokyo Drift. And, I again, I still don't think it's a good movie. This goes back more into that, like, style over substance, but doesn't really do substance really well. But tries to take oh, itself nice. more seriously. Definitely more but, seriously than 2. Um, I think that... that- I Sorry. don't like I don't like the main character in the movie. You're right, his accent's awful. Um, I don't like I, anything about him or his character. Um, like, I like that actor as a person. Like, yeah. it's just a weird, bold choice that they did. But that final race always bugs me. How like everyone has their flip phones out, yep. but somehow they're covering the entire race of just going from phone to phone. Like, yep. we could pro- they could get away with that now with smartphones and like. But back then, that was like even right off the bat, you went, "Oh, this is bull." Yeah, and look again. Style over substance. What yeah. what's gonna look the coolest? But it's, you know, but like I, I don't know. There's just there. There's nothing about this movie that really interests me. Um, other than it looks pretty, um, and that's it. And that's I think all that they really care about um, for the most part. You know, like the best that movie had going for it is literally Han, and that's only because of what comes after. Well, Han is for sure the best part of this movie, even before what comes after. Um, yeah, like his. His character does cool and calm, and he mm-hmm. just—he just knows everything. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a guy you want to root for. That's a guy. That's a guy that if Han were the lead of this movie, maybe I'd care about it uh, more. But here's Mr. Um, Miragi. I, I I probably land at this point on probably the low side of okay, maybe the high side of dislike it. But like I said, when it first came out, I would have been in like fur and hate it. Um, for me, I have it as a six in the series. Okay. Yeah. Um. We'll be we'll be pretty similar. Uh, yeah. on that. Uh, and let's talk about the Fet Han, not the no, no. Fast and Furious, the fourth entry drop, of the franchise. Drop the does. <laughs> drop the does. Cleaner. Yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious, the return of Vin Diesel uh, and Paul Walker. and um, I mean, the return of everybody. Vin Diesel just had his cameo in three, but wasn't in. Um, now, do you know why he had his cameo? Uh, I don't. In his cameo he, in Tokyo Drift? Yeah, he did as a trade off. It, like he agreed to do the cameo to make it firmly connected to the other ones in exchange for the rights to his pitch black character. Hmm. Interesting. So that's how we got another one of those movies. Like, so would that have been for Chronicles of Riddick? I think so. Was there one after that? Yeah, there's another one just called Riddick, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So man, talking about Riddick a lot today. 
Um, man, and and I, gosh, I I I really like the Riddick franchise, but um, maybe that's not. I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them. Pitch Black is really good, and I and Riddick is essentially a remake of Pitch Black. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick is like way lore heavy and doesn't connect to either of the two very well. Um, but I like uh, I really dig me some Riddick. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a this Fast and Furious. Uh, this is a pretty garbage movie, right? I'm For like me, I'm like firmly in the disliked it, like close to hating it. But I'm really, I really dislike this. I no, never mind. I'm gonna say it. I hate this movie. This is a bad movie. I don't see. This was another one where when it first came out, I went, "All right, there." To me, I initially took it as a complete series reboot. Yep, I thought it was just okay. They dropped the does, and I thought it was just okay. But it's I in I, again. It's what they did with five because we, people don't care about what we're saying about these movies anyway. But how it ends with him getting arrested and yeah. then them hinting that they're going to break him out, and then five immediately starts the very next second in mm-hmm. time, and they're busting him out. I like it when a movie kind of like bookends itself like that, and yep. because of how much I like five, I appreciate four a little more, but. It, I can see why it would be like very low and considered garbage because it was very generic. They kill another character off, kind of. They do Not that really. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then they're gonna do it twice with Han now. Kill him off, uh, and then bring him back. Yeah, kill him off, bring him back. Um, they they like even Letty. They bring they kill her, bring her back. Yep. Shaw, they kill him, bring him back. Yeah. The brother, you're pretty sure is dead just for him to be alive, and then yep. they bring him back. Yep. And it's all over the place, but oh, for sure, generic, generic storyline. Like I'm fine. It's like completely average. Yeah, and like, look, I don't. I it, the this movie wants me to be invested in the character so badly. It makes me want to care that Vin Diesel and Paul Walker together. But I just don't care. Like that. That was a driving point. People were thought, oh, they're back together. No one thought it would happen because of. All right, Paul Walker did the second one, received poorly. He walked away. They had to do that third one. But then Diesel came back for that cameo. So now it's like, okay, the team is back. Let's see what happens. You finally get to see them well, kind of. So here's the thing. For five, for uh, for four, five, six, seven, eight, it's it's mostly the same group. Every now and then you get a variable. Yeah. I still do not care about any of these characters. But I go to the theaters to see these movies because they do style really well. And so even though I don't care about these characters, I don't care what happens to them, whether I like these movies or not is going to be based off of how much fun I'm having. And there is nothing fun about Fast and Furious. There is nothing um, that makes me like no part of me wants to watch this movie again. Um, You know, if it's just me, I'm either just watching Tokyo Drift and then going straight into five or just starting at five. And that's it. Like, you know, maybe a two, maybe a two every now and then. Um, you know, and we'll skip some others too, uh, after five, but, um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't care about these characters. I still don't, you know, um, you know, after eight of these films with these characters, I still don't care about, but it's just about how much fun I'm having. And this movie still tries to take itself really seriously. It's not until we get to five that it starts to lighten up a little bit. And six is where they really just are like, all right, let's yeah. have some fun. But, uh, but four, four does start. Four starts the trend of them constantly looking forward to what they're going to do next in the series. Sure. Plant the seeds in here, but in a way to where you don't realize that's what they're doing until after the next one comes out. 
I mean, they, I mean, they didn't right. do it between five and six. Uh, yes, they did. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, Forgot well, about the um, after credit. No, no. Well, but I mean, like <laughs> that, that doesn't credit. that doesn't connect five and six. It connects. Well, yeah, because six and three. in four in four, Letty gets killed. Right. And in the mid credit scene at the very the end of five, they reveal that she's alive with right. the photo. And bring her back in six. Yeah, and they bring back Eva Mendes, and she doesn't return. She returns for the mid credit scene in five, and never comes back. Um, She's lucky. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, All right. Look, I just I, I don't have fun with this movie, and I've, this is a franchise I, I want to have fun with. This is more yeah. of more of I don't care. I mean, at least it's got like it's starting to get more like non car action. So like in theory, I should like this more than like the Fast and the Furious. Um, it, I'm trying to remember cool. is is four the one with the rat in the bucket or is that still the second one? No, I think that's four still. Uh, no, no, no. Rat in the bucket oh, was wait, two. No. Right, uh, rat in the bucket uh, okay. was two. Four, four is where they go down to Mexico. Mex- and yeah, for the drugs. It's, yeah, it's like I I can't remember which drug dealer did the uh, the rat thing. Yeah, that's two because it's uh, uh it's it's Brian and Tyrese Gibson. Um, yeah, and they do the rat in the bucket. Man, how are we not yeah. talk about the rat in the bucket earlier? Yeah. Although Ford, they do have a little fun with between Brian and Dom, like them revealing that oh he used to date his sister, but they're still kind of like poking at each other because of their history. A little bit of fun there, but yeah, otherwise the movie is just forgettable. Yeah, I mean you can you can have that opinion. I can't judge how much fun you should have about yeah. something, but I don't I don't feel that, and yeah. that's okay. Um, you ready to start talking about some good movies? Yeah, five is the reason why I like four as much. Five mm-hmm. is my number one out of all of them. Yeah. It's the perfect balance of stupidity and stylized action and just having fun with the property in a way where like they haven't really done that since. Mm-hmm. Granted, they probably killed 200 people with the the safe at the end. Yep. Like At least. They killed a lot of people. Yeah. Granted, they were all parked. You never saw anybody, but it went to a bank. They <laughs> killed someone. Look, They're chained to it. People are decapitated and footless now. Look, this but is the first, it's okay. I had fun. This is the movie that turned it around for me, and I know that's yep. everybody's story. This is the movie that turned it around for me um, because the Rock. I, I didn't care about these movies, and so, but I still kept up on them. Um, and I, and I even remember watching Fast and Furious not too long after it came out. Um, and I decided I'm done with this franchise. I don't care anymore. I never really cared. I'm officially done. Um, if, if it's if it's all just going to be this quality of movie, there's not a great movie in here yet, and there's been four of them, then I'm out. Then Fast Five comes along, and this movie is so good um, because <laughs> it, like, it still tries to take itself too seriously. The Rock is a very different character in this than he is in the rest of the franchise. His yeah. Hobbs character, because he's like stone cold military dude, but you know, and then he starts to lighten up in the in the following movies. Um, so it still tries to take itself a little too seriously, but I love the setting. I love the um, this is Brazil. <laughs> I love the I love the fight. Uh, or the, the, the 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 like fights because they have some really awesome. Um, like the scene where Hobbs's team gets slaughtered is like shot pretty well. I mean, there's shaky cam things like that, but like. Yeah, we hadn't seen anything like that in the Fast and Furious movie yet. Like that scene always reminds me of Clear and Present Danger. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Good callback to to Jack yeah. Ryan. One of the last times you were on. Um, but yeah, yeah, the movie it was just the perfect balance of fun and stupidity, and mm-hmm. 
it was like like you guys said, like I don't know, like it hits me the right way. It makes me like for a little more just because of how connected it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think they can ever top this one. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, it, look, it, I feel like I don't want to say it now. Nah, I'm not going to. Uh, I just we are not the first people to say this is the movie that really turns it around. This is where this franchise starts <laughs> getting good. This is like this is a great movie. Um, like it's a heist movie. <laughs> like they could have made it not a Fast and Furious movie. Put anybody in it, I think it still would have worked. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, hon- honestly, for all intents and purposes, maybe they should have just turned it into a you Fast know, a and Furious presents. Yeah, drop or, right or drop the whole Fast and Furious thing and just be like, yeah, we like the script, but this isn't what this franchise is. This this franchise is full of mediocre movies for car people. This is a good action movie for people that see cars <laughs> for people that view cars um so yeah and man the rock was the franchise saver because he also came back into gi joe retaliation about this time <laughs> but i'm sure i'll get to talk about that at some point um yeah and the, the ending is pretty iconic it's pretty great um you know revealing that they were always hauling the phony safe um and how you know Hobbs kind of catching up and and the like that that kind of tease the like i'm gonna be still coming for you um, and yeah, my, my problem is like I wish that was more of a surprise but mm. if you're watching any heist movie and they have a complete replica of the save or the vault it's going to get switched and... yeah, that's fair yeah I mean but when I watched this, this came out in 2011 I was 15 16 watching this when it first came out so like yeah I, I, did, I, I didn't know any better at the time yeah uh, but still like fun all around yeah yeah for sure this is uh, yeah this is great um, well, and even the scene where I, I the scene that I don't think anybody talks about that I think is, is great is the scene where they're all at the warehouse together and Hobbs's team is closing in on them and they have the rooftop chase. That's, that's some awesome stuff there. Like, uh, and like, there's it too many good of, like, set pieces that just nobody talks about everyone. And like, no, that's worth talking about. That's a great set piece. Oh, like, yeah, that was another thing that I was going to bring up later. Like each movie for the most part tries to have like it's set pieces that are just kind of iconic. But then there's one movie that just has nothing iconic about it, but we'll get to that one later. <laughs> oh, I think I know which one it's going to be, but I'm going to talk about a different one for that. Uh, <laughs> probably. Well, let's talk about Fast and Furious 6 then. Frank, when uh, when this movie came out, uh, we were riding the high, high train of Fast Five, and I was officially back in the franchise. I was like, all right, let's see if they can pull off two good movies in a row. And then the end credit scene leaked. And I read extensively about it, and I was like, "If this happens, this is going to be one of the coolest things ever." And wait, then credit of six, of six. The was end credit, the reveal of Letty. No, 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 no. The end credits of six is where Han, uh, where you flash back to Tokyo, and Jason. Oh Statham, yeah, 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 yeah. With right. the reveal of Jason Statham and revealing, you know, finally the mystery of why Han died. And oh, I shit, remember that happened. That happened in six. Yeah, it did. So it leaked. It was the end credit scene. It leaked, and I was like thinking to myself, "This could be the coolest thing if this happens." And it did. And I was like, "Yes." But what surprised me is the first two hours leading up to that end credit scene. I really love Frank. I love Fast and Furious Six. Are we talking about the same movie here? Fast and Furious Six is the one with, um, with the brother Lynch. and the Indy cars, right? Um. Yeah, yes. Indy, like, yes, because seven is Jason Statham because that's his brother. Yeah, yeah. Six was just this is dead last for me. Oh, I, I, 
I felt like this one was a completely forgettable, like nothing, like no major set pieces stand out outside of the fact that okay, now there's an indie car involved. Oh, you but... didn't think that the 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 plane track that would have had to have been at least 217 miles long in order to sustain the runtime? Because this is the one that ends on the train. This is where Gal Gadot dies at the end. Yeah, like, but that like they spend so much time on the runway, and somebody calculated the speed, and it would have needed to have been 217 miles long. All right, hold up. I have an argument about that. But for the most part, like, I didn't care about Shaw, the brother. I didn't care about him at all. Like, nothing was making, I don't know if making sense, but just the movie dragged for me until the end. Okay. Um, now, keep in mind, there's like, what, eight sets of people during that ending for that 200-mile sum Yeah, track. because you have, because, because you have Hanna but Giselle together. But they're all overlapping at the same time. Yeah. So I feel like... It's a lot shorter, but yeah, Grant, it, it still went on for far too long. Okay, but, that's your that's your argument is is yeah. we're seeing staggered timelines. Yeah, uh, I feel like everything was going on all at the same time. Maybe, and I, I part of me wants to like do my own little edit, kind of like Brady Bunch style, just okay. showing it all at once. But anyway, that's something we'll I'll see. probably never do. Look, but, I I disagree with you. I think this is the most fun, uh, one of the most fun. Um, it captured that spirit. It captured, like, this is officially the movie. This is officially the one where they decided, we're not going to try. We're just going to go for having a good time. And, look, the Letty amnesia stuff, I just forget. Because <laughs> screw amnesia so plots. So did she. Yeah. <laughs> amnesia plots are literally the worst screenplay to, screenplay tip you can give to anybody. Um, so I'm completely blocking all that out of my head. Um, but like, this is the movie where they officially decide we don't care. We're just in it for a good time. So why not have, you know, this big, tall interstate fight and why not have the bad guys bring out a tank at some point and why not have the final set piece on an airplane? Like this, this movie feels like a Michael Bay movie. It feels like, when, it feels, it feels like somebody said, said, why are you doing this? And the director's just like, why not? And they're a windshield like, oh. is not a safety net. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> you are not going to hear an argument from me. These crew should and, have been dead eight times over, but I had a blast. And I don't know how physics work in this world. They don't. There there's are no a, physics. There's a, there's a bridge. There's a pillar. Tall pillar, right? Uh-huh. Tank on one side, car on the other, connected with a steel cable. Okay. It's going to snap when it hits the giant pillar. <laughs> but no, they just, it's about to hit the pillar, Frank, and they just Frank, cut, it's just on the other side. Frank, you are thinking I, way too hard about a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> this last watch, I went to frame by frame, and it irritates me that they just, it's just going to skip the, and like, jumping out of a car to catch your midair to just hit a windshield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his this back one, is broken. His back is shattered. This, I don't know why they feel like, then, like, again, other movies, they just land on windshields and the top of cars and, oh, just walk away. No! Anyway, this is when I feel like they put too much stupidity in the movies for me. But guess what I've been asking for the whole time? More just stupidity. let me have a good time. And guess what I had? A great time. This is where they become I, superheroes. To me, this one was just, like, the buildup was just boring for me. Okay, look, uh, it doesn't quite hold up as much on rewatches. It's not my favorite Fast and Furious movie, but um, you know, it's it's number three for me. And uh, um, look, I 
I get it. I get all that you're saying. And yeah, I agree. And the Emmys plot is stupid and on rewatches doesn't quite, but nothing will beat me seeing that in a packed theater opening night and, and just like seeing everybody walk out and like, Oh, they're about to miss the post credit scene. And like sitting there and be like, I've had such a good time, such a good time with this. And then all of a sudden the post credit scene happens and it's like, I have never left with such a big smile. Well, I have. Um, I had such a big smile on my face walking out of that theater. Like, on the plane, Vin Diesel just jumps up like a dolphin to come down and headbutt a guy. All right, Frank. All right, Frank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna say, I said it, I'll say it again. You are thinking way too hard about a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> yeah, but this is the only one that stands out where the moments just... Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, no, the ridiculous meter is turned way up. I, I really loved it. I had a I had a blast. Look, this is probably an example of not a good movie, but yeah, hell a good time of a lot of fun. It. Hell of a lot of fun. All right. Yeah, and look, this also came out when I was in college by this point. Look, so we are just going to have to agree to disagree on Fast and Furious 6. I think, look, I think we agree with the same points. The difference is I had a blast watching it. You didn't. And look, that's yeah. going to be how this franchise goes. Every point we make on all these movies can be applied to any of them in any order. We're just <laughs> doing Mad Libs. I could completely cut out the audio from Fast and Furious and replace it with any other movie, movie of this franchise. And you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all, right. all right, you ready for this? Fast and Furious 7. I hate this movie. This is my number three. You look. We're, that's fine. We're gonna disagree, and I love this. I I this know I am in the minority. I know it. I hate this, this movie. This might get cut out. Seven is the whole reason why this franchise is going the way it is, and the only reason why it made a billion dollars was because Paul Walker died, and everyone just wanted to see how they finished it without him. I'm not gonna cut that because you're absolutely right. There is a reason this is the highest grossing right. one. I think. <laughs> Because people were people had to know like, how were they going to do it because they were very cards close to the chest because he he died during filming but he had done most of his scenes and so how they, are you going to do this because they had already announced like three more of these and they also said they're not going to reveal which ones was actually him and not mm-hmm. they don't they wanted they didn't want people to be like oh that's really him they wanted to hide all that they did mm-hmm. a great job at it. They did excellent. But and, and, and I think that curiosity. they show the respect. Yeah, and the way it ends, I don't care who you are, if you watch seven of these movies, you're going to get some tears out of you. You yeah. didn't cry, did you? you know? no. I felt that was a perfect ending to the entire series. I have come around to it. As and the yes. that was the perfect way they could end it. It was respectful. And they should have kept it at that. Yeah, this is, where, this is where the mainline Fast and Furious movies should stop. Um, it's yeah, a perfect like, ending. You're right. They they should have done what they did with like Fast and Furious Presents and just end the main storyline right there. But oh, to we me, didn't even, we didn't even get to talk about the Dom's new girlfriend in Fast and Furious Six and how that affects things with Letty back in the picture. Yeah, like the from here on out, all of my main problems with the series is all about because of needing the absence of the character of Brian. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fault of the series, but it just kind of drives the point more on why they should have ended it at seven. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, and we'll talk about Fast and Fate of the Furious uh, in a second. And I'm going to yeah. go see Fast and Furious 9 quick. But yeah, this is where the mainline franchise should have stopped because it's, it is a great ending. When I saw it in theaters, my, my thoughts were 
you know, Paul Walker didn't die of, you know, leukemia or something like that. Or he, you know, he, he didn't die from natural causes. He died because he got in a car wreck because he was doing what he loved. I mean, he was a passenger. Well, he was a passenger, but right. yeah. But he, but he was in a car in a dangerous situation. And like, and if, like, I, cause that's if I remember right, if I remember right, if I'm wrong, feel free to cut. But my memory, if I'm correct, I believe he was on his way to a charity event. I have no idea. So I think so. Can't confirm or deny. But I just, I like, so my thought was you should, like, my, my thought was I think the better ending would be to have his character die in some sort of car wreck saving his family. Um, I See, thought that's... that would have been it. I've, I've since realized, yeah. no, this is the better ending. This is absolutely the way it should have gone. This is this this is a perfect ending for for his character in relation to Grant. the actor, in relation to the way the character has been, in relation to the saga and everything. This is the perfect ending for the character, and therefore should have been the ending of the mainline frame. Agreed. So, but but plot plot wise, seven was all about what Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Shaw's brother. Which brother. as as we've been talking about this whole time, where at the end of of uh of six where luke shaw gets thrown out of the plane he's just you know in a hospital bed in the beginning of seven yeah kind of burnt up a little yeah no 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 no. that plane was taking off at high (laughs) speeds he was he was a skid mark as soon as he hit the ground like that i mean that that just means gal could still be alive (laughs) that's true that's very true. Look, if for from frame one where it opens and Jason Statham is with his brother in the hospital that he just slaughtered, you know, that from frame one, I'm like, I hate this movie. And it never got any better. And like Jason Statham is built to be this big bad guy because it opens with him slaughtering a freaking hospital. And we yeah, are. But then you him, we've already seen him well, kill, kill Han. And then he does nothing for the rest of the movie. Like he slaughtered the whole hospital, but I love I love me a good one shot. Yeah, me too. That whole walk out, like I. Oh. Well, all right. So he so he slaughters a hospital, and we already know he kills yeah. Han, and then he holds his own against the Rock in a fight, and put and hospitalizes him, and then does nothing else for the rest of the movie. And it's like they built him up to be this unstoppable force, and then immediately made him the most stoppable force. And the, well, that's and like, because like they have to. Like again, they started doing more of trying to build the future movies up because then they had to make it all about God's eye and trying to find that device and that villain. But they didn't have to. <laughs> look, and and also like, look, with with what we know of these characters, with all the hell that Owen Shaw put them through, and then Statham's character coming in being such a villain, he is killing Han. Killing Han alone would have got them to kill Owen Shaw. You know, but not only that, but he hospitalized Hobbs. So, like, no way the movie actually ends the way it does where they just, like, injure him and walk away. I, I think they, like, trap him in the parking garage and they, like, arrest him. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. They are, they are like, throwing that guy's car into a helicopter off a cliff into a volcano. Well, keep in mind, okay, how I said in the last one. That's when they start to lay down the stupidity more. In the next movie, he's going to be on their side. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. Then he I gets know. a spinoff. And, uh, and not and... only that, but we as the audience are supposed to like this guy. And remembering that one movie ago, he shot up a freaking hospital. <laughs> look, and, and look, again, my, my problems don't lie here because this movie, look, there are so many movies. It, it's ridiculous how many movies waste Jaimon Honsu. Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, A Quiet Place Part 2, Fury 7, all of these 
he has like a five minute clip in and like this is one of the greatest actors you know like he, he was excellent in blood diamond and had a some really promising movies like and they're going to give him next to nothing to do i do like the kurt russell character in this in this um i do like the introduction of him i think he's a lot of fun but but with uh um with uh like this the whole jaiman hansu subplot is stupid and this has my least favorite set piece in a fast and furious movie and it's the two, uh, the two tall buildings where they where it drives out of the one into the other. it's my three. least favorite it's set three piece. buildings it's three buildings my bad sorry it's my least favorite set piece in the whole franchise part of it is because of improbability and i know i just got on you about thinking about these movies but You're also like, too much but but also like it's i don't it, nothing i don't like anything about this set piece um, nothing about it. So, but what about the uh, the parachuting cars? Sure, I've seen, I've seen, I, I've seen, and have liked more ridiculous. Um, you know, but I, I've seen maybe, the Rock hold a, a chain to a helicopter and a, a car bumper in, you know, and hold them together. No, that's okay Captain America. That's more than a soldier. <laughs> that was Civil War, actually, where he holds a helicopter. But but the scene in Hobbit Shaw where they have. Yeah, it was the scene in uh, Hobbs and Shaw where they have uh, where he. Did. Uh, yeah, and like, look, I love that. So you know, I'm, I've seen more ridiculous and I've liked more ridiculous. But uh, no, I don't like really anything about this movie except for its ending. And like, I'm a huge Jason Statham fan, especially this is like what 2014. 2014 me was a massive Jason Statham. Crank. Yeah, Crank. The transporter. Transporters. The Expendables. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, middle school me was all about that state of life. <laughs> <sighs> all right, so seven ended perfect. It was a nice fitting. Yeah, about the only positive I'll give it is the ending. I, I hate this movie. Yeah. With a fire. Ready to talk about eight? Yeah, look, Frank, when I left the theater, I loved this movie. And rewatching it, no, this is a very much a not good eight. movie. This is a bad movie. Eight, eight gives a middle finger to everything seven did with the way it ended. They bring in a replaceable, filled in Brian character. Yep. They might as well just call him Brian, too. And uh, I get it. You're going to have to try and figure out ways to not have Brian in it. But, like, yeah, you know, they have a family now. They got to stay home. Yep. But then they give Dom a kid. Mm-hmm. They kill off that other girl. So now they're trying to put in whatever storylines they were thinking about doing for Brian's character to now give it to Dom, bring in another FBI guy to replace Brian. And it's like... All right, now he has Letty back, but now he has to care about the X and, oh, Dom's evil. And just, it's crap after crap in this movie for me. And then there are the set pieces. I, I rewatched the movie today, and I liked it better than I did when I saw it in theaters. Okay. But I, I'm never going to get over a submarine shooting a torpedo that then goes up, goes across the ice, and he just kind of, the rock can just, Handle Look, it. This this movie is the biggest <laughs> testament for why audience matters and why theaters need to survive this pandemic. Because I saw this opening night and you I had the Cedar High, didn't you? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the action set pieces were over the top and ridiculous. And yes, so much implausible. But this is what Fast and Furious is at this point. So much just you know, um, we're kind of moving away from the terminology of shut your brain off um, and enjoy something. But like. This is that perfect, like, don't think about it, just experience it. And if you can do that, you'll have a good time. So grab some popcorn and, you know, you're, wa- you're watching a movie, know what movie you're getting into. And I thought it was 
exactly what I wanted. But the next time I watched it was at home with just me and my wife. And we both hated this movie. I, like, I'm probably not going to say hate. I'll probably go really dislike this movie. Um, but like the stark difference, because that, that's why I have to go see F9 like in the theaters on opening night. It's, otherwise, I'm gonna, like, I'm probably going to eventually, you know, not like it at some point. Um, but sorry, uh, but I will immediately not like it if um, if I if I don't see it in the theater. If it's just like the first time I watch it is at home and. I have a decent home setup, but there's nothing like that audience. There's nothing like, you know, going to a theater with a bunch of people to watch. Yeah, the audience high can always elevate a movie. Yeah, this is the perfect example for an audience high. Like I said, I walked to the theater. I said I loved it. Honestly, it might be my favorite Fast and Furious movie. And no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Eric, me right out of the theater was not thinking straight. This is a bad movie. See, that that's why. There is some fun sequences. The the Jason Statham with the baby carriage in 8 is a fun sequence you know, on the plane. Yeah, he uh, just killed Han. End of movie. Oh, we're friends now. I know, I know. Oh, oh you were at SAS, but you got tangled up because of your brother. That's not your fault, even though you killed an entire hospital to get to him. And then it's like, okay, they don't kill off the Brian character, so why the hell is he going to name his son Brian? <laughs> don't you think Brian should have dibs on it? And keep in mind, <laughs> in 7, they have a line where you know she's pregnant again, and now they're also having a daughter... But clearly, they're not done having kids, so don't you think Brian should have priority over the name Brian? I'm just saying, maybe he wanted a junior. Frank, you care way more about these characters than I do. (laughs) Like, I thought, like, apparently, like... Yeah, look, uh, yeah, this is, this makes a lot of, there's too much in this movie. Uh, And there's some really, like, this is a movie that I think works really well on paper, but in actuality, it doesn't at all. Because, like, the, the sequence where Cypher is... Um, is like making all the cars drive out of the windows, out of their showcase, onto the street, is like one of the coolest sounding things and like was cool to experience in the theater, but it's the, it's like just doesn't like, translate to a home experience. Like, like when they turn the corner and all the cars just start piling up and crashing. Yep. I like the concept of, oh, it's flowing like water. But yeah, they all crash, which means all the thousands of other cars behind them aren't going to go through, but somehow, oh, they just keep going and <laughs> this is more of a transformers movie than it is a fast and furious movie and then it, the the one scene like after like the pile up happens with the limo and he's trying to get the suitcase nuke it just reminded me of a uh, i want to say season seven of 24 did you, that was the you one watch all them? yeah 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 the scene where like that like jack is wearing like all the heavy armor and like oh that was a key episode and i don't know why but it's like seeing dom in like the same outfit yeah, like on, like you said, on paper everything sounds right, but just the sum of the parts does not equal greater to the whole. Like no. that same like mess. Yeah, that and, up, there's, but, and there's and there's too much thrown into this movie because you add you know trying to get ha, uh, Shaw ha, Shaw on the good side uh, on their good side. You add and then and the, oh yeah, sorry. And then yeah, they bring the other brother back. Yeah, I, yeah. And now, <laughs> yep, you're which, right. And we don't even see what happens to him after. Does he go back to prison? Charles kill a lot, like, but and then they make the bad guy. She gets away. Yeah. Well, so all right. So so they're dealing with the first movie without Paul Walker. So dealing with making sure that like they they try too hard to write him out of the script. They had um, a great line of okay, they start a family. He's yeah. they they shouldn't be a part of this, but now Vin he has a family now, right? And also 
Well, but it's per- yeah, but it's it's personal because it's his kid or whatever. But like, you know, <laughs> he nine didn't even is gonna know be his- about right, right. Well, nine's gonna be his his brother and oh, man. So all right, so you have the whole dealing with this franchise minus your biggest star, uh, one of your biggest stars, um, um, one of your one of your main characters. Um, you know, franchise minus that. Plus, you're adding in the Shaw redemption stuff. Uh, or, you know, I'll say that in air quotes because he's not a redeemed character. The movie just wants you to think he is. Um, like, I so. feel like if, if Paul Walker was alive, he would have been the one to turn bad. His wife and kid would have been on the plane. But instead, they have to give, like... I don't, I don't really know to think... I don't really care to think more about, what, you know, what might have been, right? Because they, they had as much time in the world to come out with what they did, and they were happy with this, you know, obviously, because they released it. Well, like, they, they were constantly <laughs> building on what the next movie would be, so they already had a general idea when Walker was still alive, and I feel like they needed to try to plug in certain gaps, and All right, so I like, feel like they should have took another year on it. Well, so they should have just, you know, had somebody yeah, else and- do the screenplay after that first draft. Um, but the, the but you, you have, you know, Brian's gone, uh, plus you're dealing with Charlotte's quote-unquote redemption, plus they're introducing Cypher, um, and plus they're introducing they they introduce Helen Mirren in this movie as as the like there's I, plus then plus then Dom's son and you know making that connection back there like there's way too many moving moving elements in this movie um, that it this it this is already a long movie I think it's the longest in the franchise but it feels much longer than it is and like not in a good way man. you know I could watch Fast Five for seven hours straight but I would I would watch it if it was a seven hour movie but I'm not, you know, this two hour and 23 minute movie or whatever it is, Fate of the Furious, is three hours too long. Yeah, it so, is. Uh, I, I'm not quite in hate it. I'm in really strongly dislike this. So, because uh, I think there is some minor things to enjoy. There's a couple small set pieces that I think are, are good. There's some moments that I think can be can be pretty okay. Um, you know, but all that kind of with an asterisk being like, given this movie, you know, this movie kind Here's of. Here's the thing, like. I watched this movie this morning, and the only set piece I'm remembering is the sub. There's the cipher set piece. There's the airplane set piece. There's, um, you know, I'm thinking, um, you know, even along the lines of like uh, um, the moment where Dom is on the plane, and you know they kill Elena. Is that yeah, like that's a pretty oh, okay, okay moment. Um, pretty pretty decent. The necklace that he's had the entire franchise is suddenly a tracker. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like yeah. We so have, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, we have one more to do. Is I started watching Hobbs and Shaw today, and I didn't finish it. Is it for a time reason or because you didn't want to? Uh, just, it was a time crunch because I did okay, okay. Uh, personal stuff, but okay. I just ran out of time. And I enjoy the movie. I feel like this movie is also a parody of the series. Yes. Yes. And that's why I can appreciate it because they're like, hey, you know what? We're just going to start parodying the movie. And then like they have Ryan Reynolds talking to the guy that played Peter in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Oh, you think they're going to put their personal things aside, even though they did all this stuff to each other? Uh, like, I enjoy the movie probably more. Like, again, I only started watch, re-watching it today, and the last time I saw it was in Cedars. Look, this this movie has so much going for it. I mean, Vanessa Kirby is 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 one of my favorite like people that came out of nowhere because she had Mr. Impossible Fallout and this pretty much back to back, and like that's she's Shaw's sister, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Man, uh, like, Helen Mirren, she, she's just getting it on. <laughs> yeah, man. Once um, every 40 years. Once every 40 years. <laughs> um, but, like, the set pieces are cool. You throw an Idris Elba in there, who is 100%. Black like, Superman. Yeah, he, he's 100% just a cliche written out of the book. But, like, yo, know, I, I, I think I, it fit for what they were doing with yes, the movie. Right, because exactly what you're saying. Because this movie is parodying itself. If you release this movie, like, with completely original characters and a completely original everything, it, it's it's a totally okay movie. But because it exists in this universe, it would have just been another rock movie. It would have been just another rock movie, exactly. But because, Although, I mean, if because you of what replace, this movie is, this is the best nineties movie Kevin. ever, right? <laughs> How do you think the movie would have turned out if you did original characters and replaced Statham with Kevin Hart? Oh, exactly like Central Intelligence. But, I like well, that movie. I, I I saw it the one time and I thought it was okay, but I will ne- probably never watch it's it again. It's better than Nice Guys. Hey, yeah. we'll have none of that here. We'll have sure none here. of that. No movie we've talked about today is better than the Nice Guy. Um, not even Fast Five. So, um, uh, but there's um, the, yeah, like Idris Elba is a cliche in a box, but that's okay. Um, and you know, I, I, the whole. Hobbs, you know, broken relationship with his family is like, all right, like, sure, I guess. Like, we had to have a reason for him not to, you know, to, to come back to Samoa and cause some more conflict. And, you know, like I said, I'm a Jason Statham fanboy. Um, th- this movie is very monotonous in its, like, J- Statham and The Rock throwing quips back at each other. It's the same joke every time. Um, and so it does get a little old. That's really one of my only complaints. But, like, you also throw in the John Wick director and, like, this definitely has the best action. Um, well, in, and in the, the Deadpool franchise. two director, right? And the Deadpool two director, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yo, and then and then Ryan Reynolds is just the cherry on top, and you know I could do oh, the, with some him. of his stuff goes on a little too long though. I disagree. I want this whole movie to be Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs well, to be background characters. Weren't there like three mid credit scenes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the very last one was was him doing the whole like I did it. I put the brick through the guy. <laughs> like you, you could just tell that they just like they had like all right. Well, we have to have the CIA analyst, and they're like, well, what if we had it be somebody fun? We're like who's fun? Well, Chris Pratt. Ah, uh, he's busy. Well, Ryan Reynolds is also fun. Like yeah, he's busy, but he comes in for cameos for lots of stuff, and we probably don't need to write anything for him. We could just all say we gotta just buy. All we gotta say is yeah, we'll put your tequila in here, <laughs> gin. Aviation gin. Oh, it's gin. Oh, the yeah. Rock has tequila. Does he? I have no idea. Um, yeah, but uh, but it's uh, um, yo, he is the best part uh, to me. Uh, I I love every second he's on screen. Uh, but that's you know Ryan Reynolds for you. I hope we get a lot more of him in in the future. But um, I also like the the mysterious shadowy organization. I mean, again, you know, super cliche trope. But like, I'm super interested in in like how this organization is going to continue to be like the big bad guy. Um, things like that. So, um, uh, man, I, I think there's so much to admire about this movie. Um, again, it doesn't, it doesn't work as its own thing. It has to work as fast and furious presents existing characters. Um, but this is again, you maximize fun and there are significantly less stupid things in this movie than there are. And especially fate of the furious watching fate of the furious and Hobbs and Shaw back to back is like, Watching Saw Four and the Shawshank Redemption back to back. So oddly enough, that tracks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I really love this movie, and like some of the tech is interesting because they finally bring in tech stuff, and obviously a lot of it's just convenient stuff. But like, yeah, this this movie is way less concerned about the cars, which like, as somebody who doesn't care about cars, like, yes, 
please. This is this is the movie I'm here for. All yeah. the first eight movies were worth it, so we can get this with a couple nuggets along the way. You know, with a couple like fast fives thrown in there being awesome. So I'm out. I'm out of Fast and Furious comments. You know, Frank, we got we got we got the B plot to do, uh, and now we're gonna finally get to officially reveal our rankings of these movies. You've you've kind of been giving it, so why don't you go ahead and give your official? Let's go best to worst. So tip top to bottom, your favorite to your least favorite Fast and Furious movies. One through eight, plus Hobbs and Shaw. All right. I totally didn't just come up with these off the fly a minute before we started recording. Yeah, no, right. I totally didn't do that because you totally got the show notes before five minutes before recording. Fast Five, The Fast and The Furious, Furious 7, Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fate of the Furious, and finally... Fast and Furious 6. Was it Fast and Furious it's 6? called Fast and Furious, yes. I just wanted it was just like, Fast 6? Yeah, no, Fast and Furious 6. Oh. See? That, that's why that one's the last. I can't remember the title. <laughs> so you have 517 Hobbs and Shaw, 42386. Yep. Um, look, I have a feeling that you align definitely closer to what closer to what the fan base wants, but I feel like that's probably right about where the fan base thinks of these movies. I mean... Probably six being a little higher. Probably. Like, probably put six right under Hobbs and Shaw, and probably put three above two. Um, the Tokyo Drift above two. That's probably about... That's. I feel like at least those top couple you got right. Um, so... Um, and I feel like one can be anywhere on that list for anybody. Yeah, but I feel like people that like this franchise, like, if, if they've been following it for a while, like one. Um, if they haven't, then things before five are just kind of crap. Uh, my ranking is going to go Hobbs and Shaw at the tippy top, then Ooh. Fast Five. Yeah, I know. Look, I know. It's just uh, it's just a little bit more my my groove, what I want than that. So Hobbs no, and I, Shaw, I get it. Hobbs and Shaw, then Fast Five, then Fast and Furious 6, then Too Fast, Too Furious, then Tokyo Drift, then the original, then Fate of the Furious, then Furious 7, and lastly, Fast Anus. Um, so I have Hobbs and Shaw five six two Tokyo Drift one eight seven four. That's my ranking. Um, so we'll see where nine fits in when we uh, when we record uh, our mini the mini review. Frank, we'll uh, we'll we'll add nine kind of where we where we put it um, in that links in that. So like, make sure you keep your ranking handy somewhere. I think the closest we come into agreement is was five yeah i mean i have five at number two but i yeah look you might ask me a week from if, if you give me sat me down and let me watch both of them right now like maybe maybe i would change them uh-huh. um we we have we both have eight really low um but yeah, yeah. um uh, but that's you have no it overlap. second from last i have third from over last <laughs> no yeah no overlap are very different lists which is great yeah. um i'd rather <laughs> that than us just being like this is great right cool um, but here, keep keep this in mind. This should speak volumes for the series. Two completely different lists, but I feel like overall we feel the same about the franchise. Yeah, look, this is not a good franchise, and it should have died at seven, and then they can do their Fast and Furious Presents or whatever. Um, like, these are perfect movies to watch on a Saturday or Sunday on USA. Look, this is, this is that movie that when you fly into town, you know, we'll pop it on and we'll... You know, have 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 a couple incredible hulks and uh, and uh, you know have a good time. But that's all. That, look, that's that's what you're looking for in for these movies, right? Is a good time. Uh, yeah, so. mindless. Just yeah. Look, 
again, I think I think we as a society, definitely as a hip hop group, are trying to move away from the terminology of just turn your brain off. But there's really no better way to describe this franchise. Just just ignore physics, ignore logic, ignore reason, and just turn on the the dopamine part of your brain. And but uh, I feel like with these movies, there's something for every well, not everyone, but if you like action movies, they're all watchable. Most of them are watchable. <laughs> you know. I'm not gonna just put Fate of the Furious on anybody. Yeah, yeah that's true. That like, but like, I I feel like, do, do, would you would you agree that probably Hobbs and Shaw is the most accessible of these movies? Like, like you For could any, pretty much yeah. recommend that to I, any. I, you know, I I guess yeah. Like, you like action, you like comedy, yeah. you like nonsense. Like, yeah. It's... Well, and you don't really need any of the setup to watch. You it. like My... buddy comedies. Hobbs and, I saw Hobbs and Shaw in the theater with with my wife, and it was one of those like opening weekend, and I wanted to go see it, and she had she had the day off. I was like, "Do you want to go see it with me?" And she's like, "I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie." I'm like, "You don't have to." She's like, "Well, what's it like?" It's like, have you ever just like imagined what it would be like to do cocaine? Because that's that's what it is, you know. So imagine? like, you know, neither of us have ever done ever done cocaine, but I have seen the Fast and Furious movies. Um, so I, I like to, I like to think that maybe I, anyway. Uh, so so she went and watched it with me, and she's like, "That's a fun time." And then that led to during quarantine us watching all the rest of them. <laughs> also because F nine was did get was supposed to come out last April, and so we were going to watch them all so she could see nine. Uh. Um, and then but we started it, and then like the day after we started, they pushed it back. It's like, well, we already started, and I've seen these movies and- enough that I'm <laughs> not gonna. I, did, I like I said, I didn't want to rewatch any of them. I've seen Hobbs and Shaw probably four times, and that's the newest one. So. Yeah. Um, Hobbs and Shaw also the only one I own on 4K. The rest of them are just on Blu-ray. Well, it was the only one I owned on 4K. Yeah. And you know what sucks though? Now I have them all on 4K, but I have uh, what's it? No, no, five, six, seven, eight Hobbs and Shaw on Steelbook. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. But, uh, well, you hate six and eight, so you can just get rid of those. <laughs> <laughs> just hand them to your friend um, yeah uh, alright so there you go there's our Fast and Furious talk uh, we just have one more thing left and that's the spinoff so Frank what is that one thing in area, any area of pop culture that you actually want to be sending people to that you actually want to say you should really check this out or vice versa what, was that one thing that you would really like to be like hey look well, you should it, really just not waste your time here at Sif Pop we like to be positive <laughs> uh, only on the best ever challenges <sighs> <laughs> because it is the best ever challenge. Let's see. What can I send people to? I there's nothing I can really say at the moment because right now I'm just all about uh Bo Burnham's inside, but everyone already knows that's great to watch. Alright, so here we go. I can say titles on here, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Everybody needs to go watch Kevin can fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I will probably insert a beep there. Yeah, I know. But, but have you watched it yet? No, no, no. What's it on? What the, is it? Paramount Plus. AMC. AMC. Okay, and so probably I, I can yeah. get that on Hulu. Yeah, and if you have, well, if you have a cable subscription, you just sign into the AMC Hulu. app. Also, I have Hulu Live TV. Oh, yeah. I I'm really enjoying it. The first two episodes are out. I like the setup. I feel like if if you like WandaVision, that kind of quirky setup, you can really dig this. Is this even though it's nothing like WandaVision? What's what's the premise? Is this anything to do with you know like any per- particular person or? Uh, okay, the show follows like 
Think of King of Queens. Yeah, yeah. I love King of Queens. The show, the show is all about the main guy, Kevin. Yeah. So, this is a sitcom, kind of like King of Queens. The show all follows Kevin. Except, whenever Kevin's not on screen, you're just following his wife. But it's no longer, it no longer looks like a sitcom. It's pretty much what the wife is doing outside of when she's not in sitcom land. Hmm. And it gets really dark. She, like, all the misadventures, like, Kevin puts her through. She's just hating it. And, like, she wants, like, plot to kill him. But, like, style-wise, Kevin's on screen. It's it's shot, looks exactly like a sitcom. The moment he's gone, it goes into what I would call, like, a standard Breaking Bad AMC type of show. Okay. And it, it almost feels like she's, like, a cursed character kind of thing. Okay. Like, it's such... Like, I love the concept ever since like, I heard it, but like even before they shot it, when I just heard the premise of it, I'm, I was all for it. And they're pulling it off really well. You've got me to add another show to my queue. Yeah. Hey, it's only two episodes old now. They premiered them both this week, so... Gotta jump on it before... Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be three weeks old. Yeah, and if you get on it now, you get on it before it gets hyped up, see? So I'm I'm your inside man right here. To make you get in a show at the beginning so you don't feel like you're following the crowd. Hmm. Obviously. Plus, I also want to try to see if I can curse on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, most of the time I just wind up cutting out. I mean, it's it, look, it's really not frequent that I have to do things. Most of the time I just cut out, like, a however much I can possibly. Yeah, I know, but... Um, yeah. But, yeah, bleep away. <laughs> but, hey, that's yeah. the name of the show. I'll, look, I'll, I'll bleep it because that's... Uh, I, yeah, that might warrant the uh, yeah yeah might might be the uh, the thing that gets us the explicit label. Um, I'm gonna do a spinoff. Right, uh, I'm gonna do my spinoff. Of, I'm gonna do both a recommend and a warn here, and like not two separate things, but like I, I mean both. And I'm gonna talk about something that Frank is the big reason why I checked this out when I did. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Back to the Future Telltale game. Yeah, buddy. So Frank is about the biggest Back to the Future fan that I know, um, which like you know. It's a great franchise, so there's that. Um, and Telltale Games is one of my favorite um, video game makers because they uh, they make games that are story-driven, and most of their games involve some sort of moral choice, and whatever choice you make affects relationships you have with people and storylines and all that. But given that this is one of their first games, um, it doesn't do any of that. It's It's got a solid story um that i don't want to say too much about but there's you know time travel and there's um you play as marty um doc's involved um jennifer's involved your parents are involved um you know pretty much everybody's involved to a pretty lesser extent except for marty and emmett um there's some new characters um there's uh the, the 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 like graphics are what you can expect from telltale these are the people that made the walking dead telltale series uh, guardians of the galaxy batman um uh, Batman and Enemy Within, the Minecraft story mode, apparently. <laughs> um, great studio. Really great studio that unfortunately went bankrupt about a year ago. Um, but uh, really great studio. Love Loved all their games. Um, and this just hasn't aged well because Telltale has gone on to do bigger and better things. Um, and there is no sense of those moral decisions that affect the outcome. This is There is no decision you can make that would change the outcome. Uh, but it's a good story that's worth sitting along for. Uh, it takes about 12 hours to beat. 
there's over five different episodes, but you can save checkpoints. Uh, I played it on the Xbox. Um, you can download it on the Xbox or the PlayStation. Um, I think you can also do it. Uh, or you could definitely also do it on. Um, I think you could also even get a mobile version of the game. So um, it's got a good story. It's it's fine. Um, it's just kind of shows some age um, to me. But did you want to add anything I, to that, Frank? Since you've played it, I call it Back to the Future Part Four. Mm-hmm. Just because the official people were involved in helping with the story, official people came back for voices. Yeah, it should be noted. There's no much... Michael J. Fox as Marty, but but um, he does have a cameo. He does have a cameo, right? But Christopher, um, well, what's his name? Yeah, I can't. I don't know his name, but he does a great job at Christopher Lloyd. Comes back as um, as uh, as Doc. So, but to me, it's the closest thing we're ever going to get to a part four. Mm-hmm. And it fills in a lot of gaps for me. I I appreciate just for the story of it, and that's yep. one thing that really sold me on it. Yeah, it, look, it's not a perfect game, um, obviously. And no, if this been my, yeah, it's, and if it had been my first Telltale loads. game, I might have been a little bit more high on it. Um, but it's just like there's a lot missing that you can tell they had a lot of good ideas here, but they just couldn't quite figure out a made to make it work. And you know, without this, you don't get you know the the guardians of the galaxy or the game of thrones ones. Um, cause those are just excellent. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with back to the future, the game. So there you go check out back to the future game and check out Kevin can wow. himself. Uh, <laughs> you said it. I did say it and I'm going to bleep myself too. But uh, on that note, that's a wrap. Quick reminder, the Tiff Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast feed. If you're interested in writing for SiffPop.com or you want to get in contact uh, with the, uh, with us for the show, send us a question to explore during the B-plot, send some feedback, any of that stuff is much appreciated. You can send it to writersroom at SiffPop.com. That email should be in your episode description down below. And you can also they get hire contact- anybody. <laughs> and you can also get in contact with me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. But that's the ways you can connect with me and the show. Uh, Frank, where do you want to send people to? Yeah, Twitter at FrankM3. We are currently at two hours and seven minutes. Let's see how much you have to cut out. <laughs> we'll see. Two hours and seven minutes. But the listener already knows because they can just look at it right now. <gasps> they can. Man, I'm jealous it, of future people. I know. Future people get all the cool stuff. <laughs> All we get is <laughs> trying to decide if I'm going to keep that or cut that. <laughs> It'll be really fun because if I do decide to cut it, I'm just going to bleep it. And so there will just be a bleep. All we get is bleep. <laughs> and then there's going to be me giggling and say, I don't know if I'm going to keep it or cut it. <laughs> I, I almost I feel agree. like it'll be better if they don't know what's going on. <laughs> it will be. Oh, all right. Well, for uh, for Frank and me and all the writers at Sif Pop, um, thanks for thanks for sticking around. Next week is the first uh, Wednesday of the month, which means we'll be talking about nostalgia films. We got Alex coming back to talk to continue our Shrek t- trend, and we go to talk about some Puss in Boots. And, oh, um, got me excited there for a second. <laughs> you you thought we were finally going to get around to Shrek three. No, I I just didn't know you're just gonna end it right there at Puss. <laughs> well, we're gonna Alex and I will talk about Puss in Boots next week, um, and so we'll see you right back here then. <laughs>